go ahead and wave at somebody this morning. If it's your family member, feel free to hug them and all that. But if it's not, remember, you cannot assume that everybody is ready for that. So always ask. Amen. God is good and God is faithful. And he is in complete control. Amen. Praise the Lord. Abs, here you go. It's awesome to be back. I was out of town last week, or for the last two weeks, and last Sunday, Pastor Fernie brought a great word. I know I'm not sure where he's at, he's probably in the lobby. Um, and um, it's, it's awesome to be able to, um, to receive from others. And uh, I, I tell you that, I said in the first service, and I'll repeat it now, man, if, if y'all ever hear I'm out of town, the church would be twice as full. There's a lot of times people are like, oh, the pastor's out of town. I'm not going to go today or whatnot. You know, there's nothing special about me. Yes, I was called by God to pastor this church, but your eyes are not on me. Your eyes are on God. And whoever is delivering the message of the Lord that morning, God is going to minister to you. Amen? Because the word of God is what never returns void. Word of God. And I know he brought a great message last week, and I encourage you, if you did not hear it, go to our website and, and listen to it, because it is going to bless your life. Amen? Can we give God one more hand of praise this morning? Amen. These are my Spanish notes, so we'll put those away, because we're in the English service, and I think it's better for me to speak in English in the English service. Let's pray. Father, speak to us this morning. We thank you, Father, for it is your word that speaks to us. And Lord, I ask you that it not be me nor my words nor what I have studied, but Lord, let it be you that comes out this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been in the series titled Juicy Fruit, and this is part five of that series. We took a little break last week, although Pastor Fernie continued the theme talking about fruit and, and being connected to Christ, right? We spoke in this series about being connected to the vine, about the fact that we are the branches and we are connected to the vine. And the fruit that is produced in us is a supernatural fruit. It's nothing that we do. It's all that God does through us. And we started talking about the fact that Galatians chapter 5 talks about what we call the fruit of the Spirit. So let's read that for a minute. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. You're going to have it memorized by the end of this series. Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says... But the fruit of the Spirit is. Now, I pause there for a second because notice it says is, not the fruit of the Spirit are, because it's not plural. It is one fruit that is divided into many different little pieces, which is why we got that mango there that has all the different of it, right? So the fruit of the Spirit is love, which we spoke about two weeks ago, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Again, the fruit of the Spirit is. And as believers, our lives are to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the same way that some trees produce sweet fruit and other tr trees produce bitter fruit, how many of you know that our lives can produce good, juicy fruit or our lives can produce a bitter fruit. And the fruit that we need to work on producing is the fruit of the Spirit, which only comes into production as we are connected to the vine, as we are connected to the Lord. 
And today we're going to specifically be talking about joy. We're talking about joy. And joy is a good one. As a matter of fact, joy is one that we can make a whole entire preaching series about. We're going to try to condense it into one sermon, all right? So say, you know, bear with me on that one. Joy should characterize the life of every believer. Joy should categorize us. People should see us and know that we are believers based on our joy. Why? Because the world cannot give you joy the same way that the world cannot give you God's peace. And therefore, since it cannot give it to you, the world cannot take away your joy. Can't give it to you and can't take it away. As a matter of fact, the world spends billions, with a B, billions of dollars a year trying to find happiness. But they find no joy. And you know why? It leads us to our first point. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Joy is different than happiness. Happiness is externally triggered. We're happy because of the people around us, but then the people aren't there and we lose it. We're happy because of the new house we bought, but then the house isn't new anymore and it's gone. We're happy because of our new job, but then it loses its umph and we're no longer happy. We're happy because of circumstance. It is externally triggered. However, God's joy is in spite of the circumstances that we face. God's joy gives us strength. As a matter of fact, if you read Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10, it's going to pop up on the screen. Nehemiah 8 10 says, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Your strength comes from the joy of the Lord. Now, sadness happens. We can grieve at the loss of a loved one. But we can stay in joy because we know where they're spending eternity and then we'll see them again. We can see situations arise that will take away happiness, but because we've got God with us and on the inside, the joy remains and continues to go forth in spite of circumstance. And as I said a minute ago, the same way that the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, the world cannot give it to you nor take it away from you, this joy cannot be given to us by the world, nor can it be taken away from us by the world. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot this down. Joy is a condition. Joy is a condition. What do you mean by that, pastor? What condition? Well, it is the state of the soul being right with God. See, that's what brings joy. When you are right with God, it springs forth out of the inside of you a, will, a well of joy. Irrelevant of circumstance, trial, or tribulation. Because it's the state of being right with God. Joy comes from experiencing God. And it lives in the heart of every believer. Next thing I want you to jot down is this. Joy comes with salvation. Joy comes with salvation. 
There's a story in the book of Acts, chapter 8. I'm going to read a specific verse there, but I want you to jot down Acts 8 to read the whole story later. But in Acts 8.39, it says, Now when they had come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing, or full of joy. Now, this story is an interesting one. The, the eunuch was going down the road. Jesus had just been raised from the dead, ascended to heaven, Pentecost had come, and he didn't understand what was going on. And Philip comes up to him, he's like, hey, do you understand this? And he's like, how am I going to understand it if no one can explain it to me? So Philip begins to spread the gospel, teach him and present the gospel. And the eunuch says, what do I got to do to be saved? He says, believe and be baptized. And the eunuch says, there's water over there. Can I get baptized? He's like, let's go. No time like the present. So they got off the cart. They went down into the waters and they baptized him. And when he got out of the baptismal water, God transposed, took Philip and moved him to another place. We don't even know where. <laughs> moved him to another spot. And the eunuch, the Bible says, did not see him again. But because he had received salvation, he walked away in joy. Can you think of the moment you surrendered to Christ and the joy that just bubbled up inside of you? The same way that God's peace, God's love bubbled up inside of you because joy comes with salvation. That's here on earth. But do you know that joy comes with salvation in heaven as well? Watch, look what Luke chapter 15 says. Luke chapter 15, we're going to read verses 7 and verse number 10. It says, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Verse number 10 says, likewise I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Church, when somebody comes to Christ, heaven is filled with more joy. On earth, the sinner that repents is filled with joy, but in heaven there's a party because someone repented and now there's joy. Joy. As a matter of fact, have you ever heard this song that says, Joy Unspeakable? Dun, dun. You ever heard that song? God's joy is something that has no measure or words to explain it. 1 Peter 1.8 1 Peter 1.8 says, Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. That inexpressible, unspeakable means this, joy beyond definition. No words to describe it. You ever meet somebody that's become speechless? I know it's harder for some than others. You find yourself without words? God's joy is such that you cannot describe it. You're in the midst of a horrible quote-unquote circumstance and people see you with a smile on your face and they're like, but I don't understand. How can you be smiling? Look what's going on in the world around us because joy is different than happiness. And it's bubbling up from the inside of me because of the connection with God. Joy comes when you're prayed up. Joy comes when you're filled up. Joy comes when you're filled with the Spirit. For it does not come from man, it comes from God. It comes from us being connected to the vine. 
Next thing I want you to jot down if you're taking notes is this. Joy is born in the heart of the disciple. How many of you are disciples of Jesus? It is born in the heart of the disciple. Look at what Romans 14, 17 says. Romans chapter 14, verse number 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, that was an expression or an idiom back in that times. The kingdom of God or, or, or the, is not eating and drinking. Like, it's not just material stuff. He says it's righteousness. What does it mean by righteousness? It means right standing with God, right standing with your fellow man, right standing with yourself. What do you mean with yourself? Can I tell you in my years of pastoring, I have found that the last people or the last person that Christians tend to forgive is themselves. We'll forgive someone else, but we'll be like, oh, I don't deserve it. That doesn't let you then walk in joy because you're putting yourself in a prison. You're putting yourself captive to your own unforgiveness. So it says the kingdom is righteousness. So right standing with God, right standing with others, right standing with self. Then it says peace. Peace with God, peace with others, peace with self. That's why then we can fulfill what Psalm says, that I will now lay my down and sleep in peace. In Spanish it says, en paz me acostaré, y así mismo dormiré, porque solo tu Jehová me hace vivir confiado. Forgive your pastor, I did all my Bible study in Spanish. I went to my Bible college in Spanish. peace. And then comes the fullness of joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy in the Holy Spirit. That is kingdom. Now, how many of you have heard that Jesus gives us his peace? Right? It said it, my peace I leave you, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. I do not give it as the world gives. Do you know that he also gives us his joy? Look at John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse number one. John chapter 15, verse number 11, sorry. Says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be quarter tank full. No, no, no. God doesn't give us anything halfway. Jesus said, I've spoken to this to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus gives us his joy. That's why it's unspeakable. There's a couple of things that bring us joy, connection to God, as I mentioned. But look at what Jeremiah 15, 16 says. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. You want to be filled with joy? In just the word every single day. Every single day, ingesting the word of God will bring you joy. Jeremiah said it in the Old Testament that his word as he ate it was joy. And church, do you know that the answer to every circumstance we face, it's found in God's word. 
And as we read the word, we ingest the word, we internalize the word, his joy bubbles up inside of us. Can I tell you where else we find the joy? In God's presence. Look what the psalmist wrote. David, in Psalm chapter 16, verse number 11. Psalm 16, 11, he said, You will show me the path of life in your presence. There it is again, fullness of joy. Do you know that Sunday service is supposed to be the appetizer for the rest of your week? It's not enough to just connect on a Sunday. Every day we need to get in the presence of God. And if you tell me this morning, man, I'm having a hard time. I don't know why I'm not in joy. I don't have peace. I don't have all these different things. I would ask you, when's the last time you worship God? Just you and God. Just you and God. You know, you don't even need a song playing. Just you talking to God and bringing worship onto him and getting in his presence. There's fullness of joy. When's the last time you read scripture just to read scripture? Because it brings fullness of joy. In his presence, we find joy. In the word, we find joy. Connected to the vine, we find joy. But can I give you a warning this morning? Even though this joy comes from God, you can lose your joy. Pastor, that doesn't sound like everything you just talked about. You can lose your joy. Do you know what makes you lose your joy? Disconnected from the vine. Sin. Living a life unpleasing to God will disconnect you and you would lose your joy. I love King David. The Bible describes him as the man after God's own heart. However, David had a lot of faults just like every single one of us. But do you remember the story of when Israel was at war and he stayed in the palace and he saw the Sheba taking a bath on the other house and he said, hey, bring her over to me. She's nice. She looks good. And he was with her. And a little while later, it was brought to his attention that she was pregnant. So he said, I've got to remedy this situation. So he calls for her husband to be brought back from war. And he says, you're doing a great job. Go see your wife. And he says, I can't go see my wife. I'm with, I got to be with my men at war. So David then says, try, gets him drunk. It's in the Bible, read it. He gets him drunk and says, go be with your wife. And Uriah in his drunken stupor is like, I should be at my war with my men, right? Like he's like, I'm not doing it. So then when that failed, you know what David did? He pulled out a letter. He pulled out his pen or whatever they used at that moment. Parchment, whatever. Papyrus. A rock and a chisel. And he wrote to the captain of the guard, put Uriah in the hottest fight and then retreat that he may die. And he signed it with his seal and sent it with Uriah. Guy carried his own death sentence. And he goes to the battle and he's killed. As a matter of fact, a bunch of men of Israel died because of that. It wasn't just Uriah. And you know what they told the captain? What is David going to say? And the captain said, go tell them that we lost this battle, but that Uriah died too. 
And you know what David did? He's like, oh, we, we lost a bunch of guys too, but Uriah's gone? Whew! I'm on the clear. People won't know. I'll just marry her now. That willful, planned out sin cut his relationship with God. Which is then when the prophet Nathan comes to David and says to him, what would you do with a man who has all of the sheep and there's this other person that only has one and he takes that one from him? And David's like, we would kill that man. And Nathan says, that man is you. And that's where Psalm 51 is birthed. Don't put the verse up yet. I want to go to Psalm 51. I'm actually going to read the whole thing. I, I, I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Don't worry about putting it up. Psalm 51, look what David starts saying in Psalm chapter 51. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in my inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom." Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. And then look what he says here because he had lost it. He says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. He needed his joy restored. Why? Because he had lost it when he entered into willful sin. When he disconnected. And when we unplug and disconnect from the vine, it opens the door for the enemy to come in and do what he does best, kill, steal, and destroy. And before we know it, the joy of our salvation is gone because we've disconnected. But how many of you know that we have a Lord that restores? We have a Lord that forgives. We have a Lord that will reconnect us to the vine that we may again begin to produce the right fruit. And this morning, whether you may be in a point of your life that you have never surrendered to God, or perhaps you're watching online or you're here in the building and you've disconnected from the vine, I've got great news for you. And is that God is willing and able to regraft you that we may then begin to walk and give the fruit that only comes from being connected to him. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. If this morning you say, I want to get right with God. Or this morning 
You say, I, I, I've never experienced the joy because I've never surrendered to God. I want you to say this prayer with me. Whether you're here or you're watching us online. And church, pray with them and say, God, I'm a sinner. And on my own, I cannot get to you. But I believe that Jesus is your son. That he came to this earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the grave to pay the price for my sin, for my unrighteousness. And today I ask Jesus, come and live in my heart. Write my name in the book of life. And from, God, from now on, God, I am yours. And you are mine. In Jesus' name. If you did that today, there's a joy that just fills up inside of your life. And we just read that in heaven there's joy because of a sinner repenting. And Father, this morning we ask you to help us stay connected. Father, perhaps we've allowed life to get in the way of our relationship with you. Perhaps we've allowed the busyness of raising our children or whatever thing that came before us to cut that flow of our connection with you. And we thank you, Father, for you always restore. And we ask you, Lord, this morning, help us to stay connected. Father, that as branches we may be connected to the vine and the Holy Spirit flowing through us will produce the fruit. Father, we will produce love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, that it will flow out of us as we are connected to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, can we just worship him another minute or so?